0: Amen. All right. Well, we are continuing our series that we're calling Power of the Word. You know, when we put the Word of God into practice, then we see the power of God in our lives. And so we've been going through this series, talking about all the good things that God has for us and the powerful things in the Word. Last time we talked about forgiveness. We are people of the cross. That means we are people of mercy. We are people of forgiveness. We're people of healing, but that doesn't mean that it just comes easy. It'd be like, oh yeah, I'll just, you know, forgive. Uh, it's a battle. It's a, it, it's a, man, I tell you what, it's something that is not easy. And we went through, you know, trying to understand that better last week, but it is not a negotiable. We don't get to maybe forgive, but we do need to forgive. But God, of course, is patient with us as we work through the process of being honest and actually forgiving instead of just pretending we've forgiven. So. Let's go ahead and trust God in those areas. And today, something that kind of flows out of that, uh, we're going to talk about Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, where Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So we are commanded to forgive, which is not easy. And yet Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So how exactly does that work? Let's go ahead and read that promise from Matthew chapter 11. Verses twenty-eight through thirty. My in-laws had this engraved on their wall, you know, a, a wooden kind of plaque thing with this verse, you know, these three verses on it. And I remember reading that and uh, and thinking, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? So here we go. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through thirty. Come to me, Jesus says, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus is speaking to those who are weary and burdened, who are dragging through this life where it's just difficult, and he says, come to me and I will give you rest. So that first promise is rest. Weary and burdened, instead of weary and burdened, rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So there's something that we put on. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest there again, taking this yoke, which brings rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the question I like to ask whenever I read this is was Jesus lying? Was he lying? Was this a bait-and-switch situation? Like, hey, you want, you having a tough life? Come serve me. It'll get way easier. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, and then they come to follow Jesus. And he's like, oh, by the way, take up your cross daily and follow me. It's going to cost you 10% of your income in the tithe, plus offerings. And they might murder you. You know, like, but just letting you know, uh, it's easy and light. Like, is this a bait-and-switch lie or what? You know, because I got to tell you, when I came to Jesus, it was not light and easy. It was difficult. It was hard. You know, I've, I mean, this is a bit tongue in cheek, but it's largely true. You know, for me, getting saved ruined my life. <laughs> <You know? laughs> as far as like, I was on the right track, things were going well. I had a, a path in front of me to worldly success, and that all was taken away. All of that was gone. When I came to Jesus, because I knew that wasn't the road that I could go on, I had, you know, a lot of internal struggles with trying to understand how this could be true. You know, are you yeah, heaven and hell are real? You know, like what is going on here? Like it's just a lot to take in. Plus, it created some family problems because we were not believer types, you know, and so there was a deviation there, which created problems. And then you know, you, obviously, your relationships change with your friends. I was living in a fraternity house, like literally, my room was a foot away from the bar, and like I had to sneak out during Monday night football to go to my Bible study <laughs> from the fraternity uh, so I should be watching football and drinking beer, but I sneak out and go to uh, go to a Bible study. Like, you know, it, it's an awkward thing. It, you know, anyway, there was challenges. It wasn't easy you know, my life didn't get easier. It got a lot harder. It was very difficult. It was a struggle. And then I, so then I see this, yeah, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think my life is a lot harder now. It's, it's a lot more difficult. There's a lot more confusion and it, it it's open-ended and like, I don't know where to go. It just, it was, it was difficult. And then you read stuff in the Bible, like, Uh, We did a series a while back, Saul to Paul, talking about Saul and how he became Paul the Apostle. And uh, I'm not sure his life got easier either. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we have a situation here where Paul is talking about some of the stuff he's gone through. We'll just read 24 through 28. So 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 24 through 28. This is Paul talking about some stuff he's been through because he's a believer in Jesus says five times. I received from the Jews, the 40 lashes minus one three times. I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones three times. I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Does that sound like what's going on here? You know what I mean like this is a little bit of a challenging thing to try to get a grasp of is following Jesus peace and joy and love or is it getting you know rejected and beat up and all these problems is is that what it is well we see what we read there in 2 Corinthians 11 but Paul also wrote some other things like 2 Corinthians 7:4 which is, I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. He was just describing, well, he would later describe in chapter 11, some of his troubles. Here, he says, in all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. So he has tremendous joy, even though, you know, Five times the 40 lashes minus one, that's 39 lashes. You're getting into a whole lot of lashes there. Like, that doesn't sound good. Beaten with rods. He was pelted with stones. Like, they left him for dead, thinking he was dead. I think it's quite likely that he was actually raised from the dead after the stoning. Like, my joy knows no bounds. That's pretty powerful for somebody who's going through those sorts of hardships. Let's go to Philippians 4. 12 and 13. Philippians 4 12 and 13 says this. This again is the Apostle Paul, the pelted with stones guy we we're just reading about. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. So he's lived on both sides. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So he says, Look, I'm content, I'm happy. I got plenty of food and I'm living large, happy. If it's, if, if I don't have any food content. you know, he's learned a secret. So there's, it's not just this super simplistic, you know, like, oh, it's just easy in the sense of, you know, recliner and popcorn and watching movies all day. It's not that kind of easy. It's not that kind of light, it's a, it's a different thing. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's go to John chapter 16 verse 33. Here's something Jesus said. In John uh 16:33, Jesus says, "I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world." So we see trouble mixed with peace and taking heart because Jesus has overcome the world. So we have this stuff kind of blended together in the same breath. Jesus is, you know, take heart. I have overcome the world where he says in this world, you will have trouble. So there's going to be trouble. There's going to be peace. There's going to be overcoming like it's all mixed together. So how does this work? You know, which is it? Is it light and easy, abundant life, you know, or is it struggle and hardship and overcoming obstacles and fighting giants and, and facing sacrifice and pain. And which is it? Well, again, they're kind of mixed together. Here's the real problem. Real problem is that there are people who run away from God because they think walking with God is going to be too hard. And that's not a good reason to run from God. Because running from God is harder than walking with God. Running from God is more difficult than walking with God. Now it's a little bit more deep. I remember my mom told me when I was a kid, I just wash the dishes right away after we eat because it's easier that way. And I thought, it's not easier to do the dishes. It's easier to walk away from the dishes. Like, what? You know, I, I just didn't understand what she meant. But then, you know, when you go back and the dishes are, you know, hard and crusty or moldy or, you know, all these things. And you got to wash the dishes. It's way harder. You're like, oh, it, it's not that it's just like super easy to do the dishes. It's your best option. And walking with Jesus, it involves some difficulties. But those difficulties grow us up into stronger people. And it's it's good. So I want to talk about this a little bit. You know, for some people, it's rejoicing from day one. You know, if your life has been pretty hard and you've got a lot of shame and and you don't uh believe in yourself and you, you just think you got something wrong with you and you come to Jesus and you find out, no, that's not it at all. You know, you're a you're a child of God, a co-heir with Christ. You've got a future, you know, like then all of a sudden things can can just like, whoa, you know, from day one you're ready to go. And besides, you got all the calluses from the beatings you've taken throughout your life. You know, you can just grab hold of it from the beginning. But uh, for others like me, you know, where where actually I was kind of set up for success, my life was pretty easy. You know, I had normal problems, but I didn't have like above average problems. And so then when I come into Christianity, it's like I didn't have the calluses built up to be able to deal with the hardships of life, which you're going to hit them anyway. But for me, it was hard. So let's talk about this because my goal for today is to help you receive the promise that we read about in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. To have that rest, to take his yoke, which is you know light and easy. If we can grab hold of that promise, then I think things get better. And if we can trust in that, I think it's good. So that's my goal: is to help you receive the promise talked about in Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. Now let's go back to John eight thirty one and thirty two. This seems to be a, a theme of our series here. John eight thirty one and thirty two is a very important four steps to freedom. You know, because which is easier: being bound and controlled, and uh, you know, oppressed, or being free. Freedom is light and easy compared to that. Now, you might have to fight to be free. It might be a battle that you have to go through. But you get there, it's better. So here we go. Uh, John 8, 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, step one, believe in Jesus. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. You know, do the teachings of Jesus or you're not really one of his disciples. You're a pretend disciple. If you want to be a real disciple, you do what Jesus said. Then you will know the truth. Truth comes from putting into practice the teachings of Christ, and then four, and the truth will set you free. So then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So freedom comes as step four. So when I read Matthew 11, 28 through 30, my first reaction was, yeah, baloney, yoke is easy and burden is light. Then I started hearing some other teachings and um, things about like, you know, if, if, there are good promises in the Bible, but we're not experiencing them, then it's not that the promise is bad. It's that we need to learn how to apprehend the promise. We need to learn how to take hold of the promise. And so then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to believe this as something that belongs to me rather than rejecting it as, you know, something foolish. I'm going to trust his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if I'm not experiencing that, I want to go find out how to go get it. You know, to find contentment in any and every situation, to find joy in the midst of all the difficulties, to take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. You know, how am I going to grab hold of this in the midst of these difficulties? So today I want to go through kind of five steps that that as I've tried to apprehend the promises of Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, that I've kind of learned along the way. So that's what I want to talk about today is finding ways to grab hold of the promises in Matthew 11. So I'm going to call this five abundant life skills necessary to access this rest for your soul. And I'm going to do an acronym, I think is the word they use for it, Uh, light, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So the five steps, L-I-G-H-T, you know, so let me know in the comments below if you think it's any good or if I'm just don't, don't need to touch that sort of stuff anymore because <laughs> I usually just talk for a while and I don't have like those nice, clear points. So anyway, light, L-I-G-H-T. How do we grab hold of his yoke is easy and his burden is light? Here's five pieces of it, five steps. Number one, L, lay your other yokes down. <laughs> so when we come to Jesus, heavy and burdened, The idea isn't to throw the yoke of following Jesus on top of the pile and now, oh, you know, we got that. So we've got all these yokes now and we're just adding more. That isn't the idea. Uh, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and chuck off all that garbage that's hanging on you. Get yourself free and then carry faith, carry hope, carry love, carry an identity as a child of God and a co-heir of Christ carry an identity of forgiven and redeemed, carry an identity of Jesus has overcome the world, there's troubles, but I'm an overcomer too. You carry that with you. You lay all those other yokes down, and then you just carry following Jesus. So you lay down your guilt and shame. You lay down maybe your need to fix everything. You lay down... Needing to please everyone or trying to impress people. You lay down, you know, satisfying other people's opinions of you. You lay down your wounds and your hurts. You lay down your pride. Needing to prove yourself. You lay down the lies that you believe. You lay down sin's control over your life. You, you lay all these things down. Whatever unholy thing is weighing you down, that needs to go. So you take all those yokes off and you just put on follower of Jesus. Forgiven, redeemed, loved with a future. Go live your life. If You don't take those other yokes off. You're not going to find easy and light. So that's the first one. L for light, L-I-G-H-T, L, lay your other yokes down. I, second one, inspect your load. So when you put the yoke of Christ on, sometimes there will be stowaways, you know, things that shouldn't be on that load that jump on there with it. You know, for me, my first thing was taking on too much responsibility. I'm like, God is real. You got to be kidding me. If God is actually real, then people need to know. I need to, I need to somehow let everybody know. Well, For me to carry the burden of letting the world know that God is real and that Jesus actually is the Messiah who died for the sins of the world and they could be forgiven and have everlasting life and think that I'm somehow the catalyst for the whole world coming to Jesus. That's ridiculous. I I put on too much responsibility for others when I came to Christ. So when I put on that yoke, I, I had stowaways on there that weighed me down. Now, I got to do my part for sure. You've got to do your part for sure. But everybody else's part too? Oh, there's like 2.3 billion Christians, I think, on the planet. And let's say 1.3 billion of them are just absolute slackers. So there's a billion left. You know, That means you and I, we need to do a billionth of the work. You think you can do a billionth of the work? I'm going to try to do my billionth. You do your billionth of the work. And we'll, we'll get this job done. You know what I mean? But don't take on too much responsibility that can crush you. Other things, you got to inspect your load, look and see what you've got. There's expectations that you might think are part of the deal. And you need to go, you know, you think you have to do things a particular way and it gets to be a burden. It reminds me of when... King Saul in the Old Testament said to David, yeah, you think you can go kill Goliath? Yeah, go right ahead, man. Give it a shot. And by the way, here's all my armor. And so Saul puts the the best armor on King David and he's like, you know, this isn't going to work. I don't need a big sword. I don't need a helmet and all this stuff. I'm just going to go with my sling and stones because I know how to do that. And so he didn't put on this ridiculous expectation. And a lot of times You know, you should be putting on forgiven and free follower of Jesus, but you get put on you a bunch of religious expectations that are nonsensical or like, you better believe this theology just this certain way, you know, like you got to be growing the right uh, flowers in your garden and, you know, like whatever, all this garbage, and then you're carrying all this stuff that doesn't belong there. All these false expectations, constraints from religion or church or theology, you know, Whatever's not the yoke Jesus put on you for today needs to go. You know, another one would be fix yourself 100% right now. How about just deal with what God's got for you today to overcome? Don't let stowaways get in on the yoke. So lay your other yokes down. Inspect your load. Make sure you're not carrying things you shouldn't be carrying. Get that other stuff off of there. G, L-I-G. Get better. That's God's plan for you. God's plan for you is to get better. I heard that some old preacher used to say, God loves you you know, the way you are, but he loves you too much to, to leave you there, to leave you that way. I think it's something along those lines. But you know, what I, you know what I'm saying? The way I like to say it is, God loves you right now, but there's things about you he wants to change. So get better. The most frustrating life, I believe, is the incompetent Christian life. Because you have all the problems of the non-Christian world in your life, plus you've got the additional problems that, you know, in this world you'll have trouble, you know, the, the hardship or persecution come in my name, all that. You got that added to it, but you don't get any of the victory. You don't get any of the power. You don't get any of the overcoming because you're living in a competent Christian life. So you got to get better. You got to start apprehending and taking hold of the promises of God, or it's just not going to work. If you're stuck in perpetual failure and disappointment, you know, that's not where God wants you to be. And you you don't need to be there. So you got to start getting better. You know, we got our vision statement here at Good Hope. Reach up, rise up, reach out, because we want to connect with God, grow in our faith, and make a difference in this world. And let me tell you, a lot of people don't want to get better. They don't want to grow in their faith, you know. So you want to get better, be on a growth track, be grabbing a hold of it. You don't get to live in the promised land till the giants are driven out. You got to get some work done here. You got to grow. You got to learn. You got to fight. You got to take it. Get better. Don't settle for incompetent Christianity. So lay your other yokes down, inspect your load, get better. And then the H, L-I-G-H, hold Jesus close. You know, in other words, abide in the vine. We'll go to Gospel of John chapter 15. John 15, Jesus is doing the famous, I'm the vine, you are the branches. You know, my father's the gardener one. And it says here, John 15, four and five, remain in me, Jesus is speaking, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So here, Jesus is saying, like, we need to stay connected with him. As time goes on, if we want to take hold of his yoke is easy and his burden is light, you know, incompetent Christianity, just never actually putting into practice what we know or wherever you're stuck in, you know, phase one, you know, believe in Jesus to the Jews who had believed him. If you're wavering back and forth in your faith, well, it's not, you're not going to get to light and easy. You know, if you hold to my teachings, then you are really my disciples. If you just can't quite put it into practice, you're never going to get to light and easy. And then, you know, you're not going to learn the truth. You know, then you will know the truth if you sort of dabble, but you don't actually try to figure it out and try to grab hold of these things and, and go through it. You're never going to learn. So you, you don't want to be wavering in steps one through three there from John 8, 31 and 32. You want to grab hold of it completely and uh and believe, do it, learn the lessons. Now you know what's going on. You can grab hold of your freedom. So hold on to Jesus, hold him close, be learning and growing as time goes on. You're gonna, it's gonna be a process where you continue on. You're gonna be in prayer. You wanna be connecting with God, growing in it, because it's really God who does the work on the inside anyway. Let's go to Philippians two, twelve and thirteen, some of my favorite verses. I've been enjoying these. Maybe the last couple of years, just looking at Philippians 2, 12 and 13, because if you read it wrong, you might think that they are uh, opposed to themselves. But if get better is you do the job, you go ahead and get better, then hold on to Jesus is stay connected with him so he can do work in your heart. You know what I mean? Apart from him, you can't do anything. We've got to abide in the vine. We've got to stay connected with Jesus we got to hold on tight to our Lord so that God can do his work in our hearts. So, verse 12 of Philippians 2 is like to get better. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Who works out their salvation with fear and trembling? You do. <laughs> I do. But there's a comma, at least in the 2011 NIV, into verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So God works in us. So we need to abide in the vine because apart from Christ, we can't do anything. We need to stay consistently holding Jesus close through our life. Some people, some churches, some veins of Christianity, like verse 12, you know, yep, go make it happen. Some like verse 13, like, oh, let God do it. But let me tell you, those are inseparable. You diligently do your part to grab hold of the good things of God, to avoid the evils of the world, and you let God do things in your heart. It's both. It's Not you can't do it on your own, but if you won't cooperate with God, it ain't going to happen either. So, there you go. Those go together. Hold Jesus close. This is where the empowerment of the Holy Spirit comes in. This is also where you reinspect your load. You know, what I've found is his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You know, walk away from the altar, leaving all my cares uh, on the altar. And then a day later, all of a sudden it's a little heavier. And a week later, it's heavier still. And all you realize, man, I got more stowaways on my load here. I got to reinspect my load. And this is something that, uh, you know, We just read here, we're going to go to Philippians chapter 4, just the opposite page, read verses 4 through 7, and this is kind of in the context of of strife inside the church, so relationship issues uh, with church people, and that can get yucky. So it says this, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So his yoke is easy, his burden is light. This would be the peace of God in the midst of the storm. This would be the peace of God no matter what the situation is. So we go before the Lord, Not wanting to be anxious, but we've got this anxiety. Not wanting to be worried, but we've got this worry. So in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we present our requests to God and believe for the peace of God, which transcends all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So we keep laying our burdens down. So L-I-G-H-T. L, lay your other yokes down. I, inspect your load. G, get better. H, hold Jesus close take hold of your calling we're going to go to philippians 3 12 through 14 which is right over here so we were in philippians 2 we were in philippians 4 now we're in philippians 3 so philippians 3 12 through 14 says this apostle paul's talking he says not that i have already obtained all this talking about you know uh grabbing hold all the good things of god not that i've already obtained all this or have already you know, living the life God has for him to live and to not be hindered by things in the past, but to go forward and grab onto what God has for him. He wants to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of him. And I believe it's the same for all of us. We need to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. So why did Christ Jesus take hold of you? You know, this is where the fun kicks in, man. This is where the good stuff is. What gives you energy? What drives you? What messed up thing, probably church related, makes you angry? You know, get to solving the problem and doing your part and you're going to have some fun. I used to say it this way. Do what gives you energy. God made you a certain way. He's brought you into the the family of God, into the body of Christ for a reason, and he's put some stuff in there that you want to do. So take hold of what Christ Jesus uh, has for you means to take hold of who you really are, what your real purpose is, what what you love. Go get, get a hold of that. One of the big problems that can happen with my yoke is easy and my burden is light is they're like, well, we need people in the nursery. And you're like, well, I'm, okay. And then you work in the nursery for 30 years, and that's not your calling. That's not where you belong, but you're doing it out of a sense of obligation, but it's draining you the whole time. now there's people that are called to the nursery, and they love babies, and they just think it's fantastic. And, you know, they, they can have incredible patience and clean up messes, and they just do great. Hallelujah. If that's who you are, then go grab hold of it. Why Christ Jesus needs good nursery people <laughs> at the church. Absolutely. You know, go be that. Whatever it is, what gives you energy, what drives you. You know, I, I you know, the the thing I said here, what messed up thing, probably church related, makes you angry, I hated preachers. Oh, man. Deep, deep loathing, like aching to destroy. Like it was bad. It was bad. Why? Because I was called to that and I could see the mistakes and the implications of those mistakes. And it was like, oh man, this is, this is not good. We're going the wrong direction here. You know? So then I got called into that. I had to get my heart healed first, but then I was able to go do the things that God called me to do. And it's fun. You know what I mean? Like you're still going to be tired, you know, like at the end of the day, like I I preach three services and I'm tired, you know, like that's not, but, uh, but it's a satisfying tired. It's like, yeah, there's a day, man. I'm gonna go take a nap. That was a good day. You know, that sort of thing. Tired, but satisfied. Go find the life that God has for you. Not satisfying other people's expectations, doing what they tell you to do. You go find it, go live it, grab hold of it. This can change over time, of course, but live your best life today. We'll be grabbing hold of what Christ Jesus took hold of you for. You know, take hold of your calling. Again, our vision statement, reach up, rise up, reach out. There's an order to it. Connect with God, grow in your faith, and make a difference in this world. A lot of times people don't get to their calling because they haven't done the earlier steps. You know, like you want, to, you want to be a preacher, but you still got all these problems in your life. Well, you're going to be disqualified. It's not going to work. So you got you got to take the steps. You know, you're called to the nursery, but you keep getting mad and leaving church offended. And you never get to be in the nursery. You know, whatever it might be. Connect with God, grow in your faith, get to that place. Because if you can't get there, if you can't get to your calling, you're going to be living your life on the bench. And getting in the game is fun. That's what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about getting in the game, getting in the battle, getting to be part of stuff that matters, you know. Then the pain doesn't matter so much. You know, a while back there was the Super Bowl earlier this month, the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they won the game. He is three weeks off of a high ankle sprain, obviously not fully healed yet, and uh, took some shots and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, he was in pain, during the game, but winning the Super Bowl is worth it. <laughs> you know, he wasn't like, well, yeah, I did win the Super Bowl, but I have an owie. You know, uh, there's, there's trouble that we face. There's hardships and challenges. But when you're in the game, that stuff just falls off to the wayside because you're living, you're calling, you're finding your purpose, you're walking in the good things God has for you, and all those other challenges, you know, it just kind of falls off. So take hold of your calling. Do what gives you energy, what God has made you to do. Be honest about it. Really grab hold of it. You know, even if it's maybe a little countercultural, grab a hold of it and uh and go. Nobody encouraged me to be a preacher. I mean, nobody. I'd have to fight my way through that one. So go get it. All right. Let's wrap this up. Again, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Five. Abundant life skills necessary to be able to take hold of this light yoke. Lay your other yokes down. Inspect your load. Make sure you're not carrying stuff that you don't really belong carrying. Get better. Be in that rising up process. And then hold Jesus close. You know, you got to, the old days abide in the vine. You got to have a relationship with the Lord And then he's going to work in your heart and he's going to do good work in there. So you got to do that and then take hold of your calling. Do the things God has made you to do. Don't let yourself get stuck doing stuff that drains you. Go find the things I should say. Don't let yourself get stuck doing only things that drain you, but also be able to grab hold of the things that give you energy. You know, there's always the necessary things you got to do. But those meaningful, purposeful, significant things, go grab hold of them, live life to the fullest, enjoy it. So let's close by rereading Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. And I want to pray that, um, that you could grab hold of the promises that are mentioned here. Because too many people today are carrying burdens. They're weary. Seems pointless. But that's not actually the end of the matter. There is a vibrant life in Christ to take hold of. It's going to involve overcoming obstacles, but it's awesome. So let's read this, and let's believe God to grab hold of it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be able to grab hold of this promise, that we would be able to learn and see how do we find this place of rest, find this place where the burden is easy and light. There's still a burden. There's still work to be done. There's still battles to fight, but it's things that, that are fun and battling through is worth it. And so, Father, I pray for each one of us that you would help us grab hold of this concept of your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Father, show us what we need to see so that we can apprehend this promise, so that we're not living unnecessarily miserable lives, but we can grab hold of all your good things. So, Father, I, I, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.